the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. This is episode 64. Come on in. It's me, John Taylor. We've got comedian Shan Carr, our gay desert guide, Brad Fur. And what is on deck today in this uh, I Love Gay Palm Springs mix? Well, we're going to get a little bit of private time with our favorite Dr. Laura Rush. And we're going to talk COVID and cooties and all kinds of other things that might come to mind that we can ask her about. Uh, and then our special guests today are uh, Tim Vincent from Brothers of the Desert. They're doing a film preview, a premiere preview, a film screening indeed. And they're going to tell us a little bit about what Brothers of the Desert are doing and about that thing. And then also we have a favorite, Alexander Rodriguez. He is from On the Rocks with Alexander. He's a Metro Source guy. He does the Metro Source minis. And we love his gossip, I think. He's going to catch us up on the inside scoop from Hollywood on what happened with the Emmy. Oh. And West Hollywood, too, where he really resides. Yeah. So he'll be spilling some tea. Who's paying for all this tea, Bradford? Who sponsors the Isle of Gay Palm Springs podcast today? Well, it would be our friends at Tori Nissan where you can pick your car, pick your financing, pick your term, just don't pick your seat. Yeah, we knew you were um, going there. Yeah, you knew it. Uh, pick your insurance products and pick your delivery options, either in-store or delivered to your home. Tori Nissan, we say yes. Tori says yes when you are looking to buy a new or used car, and they are the official sponsor of the Gay Desert Guide Tori Nissan Leaf that lovely car that uh, unfortunately is not going to be in the Pride Parade this year, but hopefully will be in the uh, Pride Caravan this year because okay. we're not having a Pride Parade. Got it. We Got just it. have to make, we have to make that clear because otherwise we'll have people all over our shit telling us that ah, you can't have a parade. <laughs> um, and so that's my rant for this morning and a good morning to all. <laughs> well, somebody got up on the wrong side of the bed today, didn't we? <laughs> you know what? Right now, we're just glad to get up on any side of the bed. We're all so, alive and well. And we're any side of the dirt. <laughs> yeah. God, I know. So, Shan, before we go to, to Dr. Laura Rush, uh, remember that lesbian resort that you went to? And it was like, it was a small little resort in some island somewhere? It's a woman who was renting. Yeah, it's just one private island where 32 people could be. 32. Okay, there's three of us. We have 29 more we can invite. If Trump wins and or if he loses and doesn't leave the White House, can you check in and see how much it costs to rent that place? Yes, absolutely. I think we I'll sell my I'll sell my house. I'll sell my Tory Nissan Leaf. I'm moving out of the country. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all talking about it. Are I we know all? we are. Oh my God, friends of mine are talking about it too. Like, where are we going to go? You know, I have that regular real estate client. We've done 14 transactions in four years, and he's just getting the itch again. So we looked at a condo, and as we were coming home from it, Sunday, I guess, I said, you know, you know where all the, you know where all the gay guys, I was going to say, you know where all the queens are going, but sometimes I should be polite. You know where all the gay guys are moving next? Where, Brad? Uh, all the guys who flock to Palm Springs are now? TV. Lock into Puerto Vallarta, and yeah. uh, we have an agent at our office who will who is moved there now, and she'll handle our transactions. I was like, let's look at it. Like, even if you have a condo in Puerto Vallarta, I'm gonna feel better because I'm gonna go <laughs> crash in it, right? So, 
Yeah, it's the only country that's taking U.S. citizens. As a matter of fact, the Kaya is headed to Puerto Vallarta or, or to Cancun. Uh, uh, yeah, outside of Cancun. Yeah, they're headed. Yeah. In yeah, fact, Nick so. Singleton from our team is going to be uh, going to that's that. Right. So Amazing. maybe we can convince him to give us a little looky-see uh, with the camera this week and we can that's salivate. That's a great idea. That's yeah, great. I'll ask him if he'll do that. The doctor's here. The doctor's here. we got to put our mask on. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay, Dr. Rush. You don't need to put your mask on. No. <laughs> <laughs> we have ours on to protect you. Exactly. Oh, oh my gosh. Hey, I had my COVID test on, on Friday. I'm, I'm, I'm good for at least as of Friday. Yeah. You were good yeah. Friday. Are you still good? I, who knows? You know, I, would, I was exposed to all those germy people in that pool the other night. That's so. right. But that was Thursday. <laughs> no, no, it was Sunday. You're that right. was, Sunday. It was Sunday. That's right. Hey, so um, I, I'm getting on a plane COVID Mary now. I got to ask you, uh, any advice for anybody that has to get on a plane? We have a family uh, emergency and got to get on a plane in the morning. Um, the best, I mean, if affordable, first class, because then you're exposed to less. Otherwise, yeah, just. I'll just cash some Krugerrands. <laughs> You know, mask, plastic shield, gloves, um, everything they, you know, they can try not to use the facilities. I don't know how frequently they're cleaning the bathrooms on the plane. So is, a, is it a direct flight, John? You're going to have to hold your legs together for um, six hours? From Palm Springs. It's, it's not direct. Uh, I got I to go. Palm Springs to LA or Dallas? I think, or Dallas. It's America. Yeah. So Dallas, right? Dallas, so you can yeah. pee in the middle. I can pee in yeah, there. I mean, they're they're seating people pretty pretty liberally, so they're you know they're spreading people out. From what I was told, I don't actually. Doctor Rush, no, not at all. I was on a not flight. Anymore. I had to go home. I had to go home for a family situation last week, yeah. and two across two across flights on United, and every plane every seat in the plane was full, and they were asking for people to bump off. Now, I'll, I will say that United's got some really strict protocols in place. They, um, they, they tell us that they're, they're sending down that electrostatic machine, but they're also wiping down every surface in between flights. And I actually got a little alert on my phone that said, ding, your, your, your plane has been sanitized for your protection. And then my phone had a little white plastic or white paper ring around it, like the toilet seats in the motels. Hmm. No, 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 no. Um, Chan, I know you're the comedian. I'm, I'm trying, always so I'm sad trying. for you when it doesn't land. I'm like <laughs> listening for someone to. <laughs> I know, but you know what? That's the fun, that's the fun of it. It doesn't land, and then that's Chan right, exactly. And and then we all laugh about it. So that's exactly. It lands. It lands. The audience loves to. You know what? The audience loves to watch us suffer. I know yeah. on stage when I when something doesn't land or I get something wrong or I knock, they love to watch you suffer. So exactly. oh, I find it really uncomfortable when I see comedians like uh, bombing. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's because you're a connoisseur. <laughs> you're a connoisseur, though. Like the average Joe is uh, like that guy in The Simpsons. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's see. We don't even know where we want to start today. You got something on your mind that you can lead us out with, Laura? Oh, I just posted some stuff online, um, and I made it public for you guys if you want to link to. New York Times has a great information on, on the vaccine trials and where we stand right now. So people can kind of keep track on the coronavirus tracker. 
you know, the CDC and they're coming out with stricter guidelines in terms of how we're going to be able to release vaccines. Uh, Dr. Fauci is saying, you know, we'll be able to have enough to start really immunizing people by, by the spring, but probably by December, we'll start having about 100 million vaccines. That's probably going to go towards healthcare workers and those who are immune compromised because, you know, people that are on the front lines. So to keep them safe. So it's not going to be by election day. Um, but we'll, we should start seeing something closer towards the holidays where we start inoculating people or immunizing people. Um, it's, there's so many companies that are out there racing to do this. And there's, you know, with, what is it, 700 million, billion people um, that they have to make a vaccine for. It's not Wait, is it million billion? Is that the official million number? Billion. Sorry, yeah. it's my job. It's my job. Um, there's no way one company can, can make that many. So, you know, everyone is kind of working. There's mRNA vaccines. There's vaccines made from an adenovirus. There's different ways that we're making vaccines. So which one is going to be the most successful? We're hoping, you know, for, for the best and just get people immunized because this time next year, we want this to be a distant nightmare. Yeah. So I I had the most educational uh, conversation a couple of days ago with a friend of mine, and hopefully he will be able to be approved by his boss to come on next Thursday. So I'd love to be redundant whenever it is that he is on and have you on. But his company manages clinical trials, and um, they they are managing two of the ones that are in stage three and. Just the differences on effectiveness, efficacy, I guess, is yeah. the epidemiology yeah. way of putting yeah. that. But the percentages I was asking him about how effective does it have to be for it to go forward. And I was surprised at how small the numbers of groups are in clinical trials. Like stage three can be just, I mean, this time it's like 30,000. Most of the companies are doing that. Like. Sometimes uh, stage three trials, only a thousand people moving forward yeah. on something. And I just never would have imagined a bunch of the things he told me. Well, mm -hmm. you know, they're going very quickly. This is the fastest we've ever brought well, anything to market. Yeah. So, you know, to try and get large, um, you know, end population and the number of people in the actual trial to be able to participate in to, and to vet those patients to, you know, that right. they're appropriate for the trial. So they're, they're going as fast as they can, yeah. cutting through a lot of red tape very, very quickly. And well, he's definitely saying next year, too, for people like, well, not, you may be ahead of us, but people like the other ones of us. Definitely. Yeah, and we're, you know, we're, it's, fortunately, you know, we're seeing a downtick in the virus. Let's, let's hope it stays that way. You know, we have to keep doing everything we're still doing, the social distancing, the mask wearing, um, to keep these numbers down. And this is going to be a way of life for the, at least the next six months you know, I don't think there's going to be any like big celebration where we're like, yes, that's everyone can just strip off their masks and gloves and throw away their hand sanitizer and uh -huh. enter the world again. It's just going to be a gradual process to to get there over the next year. All right, Doctor so, Rush, are you a little sore today after going <laughs> after to my the gym? Workout? No, I feel great today. So I've been trying to keep up with doing stuff at home. I have resistance bands. And I swim um, almost every day. And then, you know, I'm walking these savage beasts every day. So <laughs> I, yesterday it was, uh, I did a good workout. I was happy to be back at the gym. You know, going early was fantastic. There was, in World Gym at 6.30, there was probably 15 people in there. Okay. That's so, a big place, too. Yeah. Here, and, here's and here's my resistance band. It's the <laughs> I Love Gay Palm Springs. Put it over band. your mouth. That's about all I do. <laughs> 
Just kidding. I love you. <laughs> so, yeah. Doctor Rush, you know, I was um, I was on a call yesterday with the Greater Coachella Valley um, Convention and Visitors Bureau yeah. and Palm Springs Life. They're putting together a series of um, what's happening economically with the valley over the next few years as we come through this crisis. And um, a couple of stats really stood out to me. We have lost this year three point one billion dollars in revenue of all the businesses throughout the Coachella Valley. So by the time the year has ended, 3.1 billion. That includes Coachella, Stagecoach, of course, all the, all the big conventions. The convention center has really nothing on the books until 2021. And uh, approximately 21,000 jobs have been lost in the Coachella Valley so far. So we've got a long way there. The prediction is we won't make a full recovery from the tourism side of things until 2023 or 2024. I was going to say at least three to five years out before you can make that kind of recovery. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's bringing, you know, bringing the money back in and, you know, yeah. they're still having to pay bills that they can't pay right now. And that's so, your job, yeah. Dan. You got to bring the money back in, real estate woman. All right, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We need big pockets. We get that they bring Coachella back in the spring. That's still touch and go. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. we're still going to be and, safe but understandably. Because any one of those things we do can be the next taking it from ticking down to ticking up. Like Indeed. we can hope against hope, but then we can't move against sense. No, I, I mean, if they're going to be safe, they should push it off till next fall, fall 2021. Yeah. And then yeah. they can be, you know, guaranteed that we'll have people vaccinated and we'll have a better control of this. And it'll be, you know, a horrible memory. But I think, I still think March, April for, you know, for stagecoach and, and white party and the dinosaur, all that yeah. stuff. I still think it's too soon because we're just going to be getting people vaccinated. So I was hearing a little bit of the underlying info on the cruise ship uh, industry as well, just because yeah. my ears sort of to that. And the protocols that are going to have to be put into place are going to be so difficult to meet for the yeah. cruise lines that it's, I think it, they will be prohibitive. And once they can do routes, I think they're going to not be seven day routes. Yeah. Right. I think they're going to have to try and make them shorter. They're going to, hmm. I, these are just things they're, you know, considering as ways to do it as soon as possible. Also, most of those like Royal Caribbean and Celebrity and uh, the ones I can't think of right now, Norwegian, they have private islands in the routes mm -hmm. that they go to. So they're trying to figure out how they can be in control of those people not interacting and bringing disease to ports. You know, ports don't want a shipload full of people dropping off in their town, right? A shipload of Americans coming oh, anywhere. My, of God, Americans, no. no less. So yeah, yeah, that industry is, as we look forward, is going to be tricky business. Yeah, we have that. Our our crew's coming up in in the in February. I don't know that's happening. For that exact reason they don't know but it's looking as each day goes forward less optimistic than it was just a couple months ago so yeah. you can't tell a bunch of big you know lgbt you know partiers that no you have to socially distance how is that even going to happen you know what even no. in the crash though we our travel companies did better than other travel companies because we're like bitch please i am going i am going i don't have 75 children and a grandma and a mom and a bunch of cousins yeah. living with me and there is a liberty that, I mean, and my friend would say the young people are ruining it because now they all have children and families and grandmas and grandpas living with them. You know, it's a matter of perspective, but all right. Now we're, Dr. we're Rush. We made it to red now. 
We're yeah. in red. We're in red. We're red. opening up, right? So yeah. they can start doing a little bit like gyms can open and theaters can open up to a certain capacity. Uh, places of worship can open up a little bit. A little bit of indoor dining can, can open up. There's still things I'm refraining from. You know, I, I can't honestly say I don't think I'm going to be in an indoor dining area where my mouth is open and I'm unmasked. So, you know, gyms I feel safe in for the reason I've been feeling safe at the gym is there's nobody in there. And yeah. you're wearing a mask and they're checking you when you walk in and everything is getting cleaned obsessively. And our gym has I, a, like a, a like an airplane hangar, 30 foot ceiling. It's not. It's, uh, that helps. It's, it doesn't, so I did a uh, I, I did a kind of a run through with some of my clients yesterday. Uh, Palm Springs uh, uh, PS Fine, Fine Men's Salon uh, in Captor Plaza. They can now move their uh, pedicure manicures from the sidewalk inside. Uh, so they were happy about that. Um, let's see, V Wine Lounge has started with some indoor capacity. I saw Lulu on television the other night. I know they've taken a lot of safety protocol, and they have the uh, outdoor dining on Palm Canyon, and now they've been able to open up. And that's a pretty expansive space. So they do a lot have, of space to accommodate. Yeah, that, if anybody that, can that, do it, they can. I think so too. And then Willie at uh, eight at uh, eight four nine has opened up a new room. Uh, he took one of the back rooms that was an office, and literally, they've got old typewriters on the wall, so it looks like an office setting. Oh, cool. old, literally, the old type, the 1800 typewriters, they've got really, it's a great design. Um, and so now Willie at 849 has another room, which means when they're at 25% capacity, and each of those rooms are separated, which, right. I, you know, that you feel a little safer. That is a distinctive thing they can offer. That I mean, what is it, five rooms that now? Maybe six. I yeah. I think there's three aside. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. You're out there. And the patio's been doing great. So, yeah, Doctor Doctor Rush, can you also give us a, a Sturgis update? Have you uh, purchased a Harley yet? <laughs> a gently used Harley. I have. I, I just had mine all upgraded, so I'm not on the market just yet. You know, I haven't heard anything further. But to be honest, I haven't actually looked to see if there's been any more um feedback coming from that too there's been nothing that's obviously made the headlines other than you know the epidemiologists were still trying to count their numbers in terms of how many people yeah. were affected everything else were coming from the economic analysts that were determining what it, the potential fallout was going to be but i'll have to actually take a look at that today yeah that would be a homework homework assignment for for your next appearance yeah i'll have something for next week and then if i could find something i'll post something online later this afternoon Okay. I'll, I'll make that public. Yeah, I mean, if I were a Boardstone College student, I would pick one or two Trump events and just track the hell out of that for the next three months. I feel like we still lack in the contact tracing, even on the official level. Like, how can it be that there aren't a bunch of answers about Sturgis that we've all heard about? Just, I know. Just, I don't know. I, I think the contact tracing, I, honestly, my opinion is it's kind of been a bust. I, I you know, We've had really not been hearing about anybody doing it out here. I haven't been contacted and I'm coming in contact with people constantly. So, you know, I, I haven't heard anything about it being that successful. People are very resistant to be contacted, to be part of anything where they're- It's not like you're saying I gave you the clap. What's that? I'm not, I mean, I guess there is the same shame attached to it as having to call somebody and say, I gave you the clap. like. Yeah, I gave you the COVID. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. So I'm going to go to Jacksonville, Florida tomorrow. 
God. And um, to be with my mom for a period of time. When I get back, I've, I've got to be quarantined pretty much, right? Believe so. Yeah, they're going to watch a quarantine. Get tested, though, if you can. They're starting to try to open up testing for people. Just, you know, you don't have to be symptomatic. But go ahead and get tested, and, and then you'll feel a little bit better about yourself, too. So there's, there's no harm in coming home and getting tested and saying, no, I'm okay. I haven't come in contact with it. So, and you can do an antibody blood test as well, too, if you really want to be safe. I've had, yeah. I've been COVID tested four times now, including an antibody test. So, so know, no I, antibodies. No antibodies, but the antibodies don't typically last that long anyway. Right. That's our big issue. So, yeah. with a lot of things. But I also blow through my hepatitis antibodies, as a lot of people do. I have to get, you know, the vaccine series every couple of years because when I get tested for titers, I don't have any. So, huh. We have to be vaccinated for that um, in the healthcare industry. So, but some people just, they use them up or their body doesn't hold on to them. And with COVID, that's what we're still learning. If you've had COVID, if you had it, how long are you going to be safe? So no. I've had patients that have tested that I knew they tested positive for COVID, don't have any antibodies now. Mm. So. Jeez. We'll le we're learning a lot. We're learning a lot. You know, six months, we'll know even more. We're learning a lot of shit we don't want to know, unfortunately. But I will tell you, if we get this guy with the clinical trials on, he's got lots of interesting... I mean, I just sat there with my mouth open on the phone with him for a few times, and I've never had anything but polite social conversation with him before. Yeah. Um, so well, It's great for people to understand how, how these things work and why things take as long as they do. And what the process is and, and why and how medications come from, you know, being, first of all, you know, a chemistry experiment to people getting medications handed to them and how we come out with yeah. new drugs. But we're going to have the vaccine in, a, in weeks, a matter of weeks. Days. Minutes. It'll be ready in minutes. Ready. Oh, vaccine. If only yeah. we could just pull it out of our rear ends that quickly. So uh, I know. But at least, look, we're not fighting over uh, hydrochloroquine anymore. So at least that's sort of been pushed to the side. And, you know, I don't hear the Republicans screaming about why aren't you using this medication anymore? So, no, we're just switched over to not a peaceful transition when he loses. Like, it just which squirrel are we supposed to be looking at at any given time? Well, Almost it's, it's easy. Whack-a-mole with him or a shell game. It's, it's look over here, look yeah. over here, look over here. It's, you know, the, the, I, you can look back at your own social media feeds from weeks ago and be like, oh, that's right, that happened. True. You, you know, and a month ago, I'm like, oh, my God, that's what everyone was hysterical about a month ago. I've totally forgotten about it. And it's, you know, it, it's too much. It's every single day. It's, it's something else people are getting hysterical about. I'm like, you know, at some point, you got to turn it off. And drink wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, wine. you have to turn Rachel Maddow sometimes. And yes. No, because she's going to have a stroke on air, and I'm, I'm worried about it. Any, any I swear to God, I can only watch the first 15 or 20 minutes, and then I got to get out. I love Rachel. I do, but she's giving me chest pain, so I have to. I know. I know. Well, can you imagine what she has to go through every day for the amount of the things that she sees can never be unseen? It's like, you know, your parent walking in on your parents when they're having sex. It, it's... <laughs> See there, I did land one. Ah, 
Ah, thank you. So, no, but she was talking about the Smithfield uh, meatpacking plant in South Dakota that had yeah. 100 cases, and the CDC went in with recommendations, which they took back, and they made every one of the recommendations optional. If possible. If possible. Yeah. So, yeah, we just can't. Oh, well. yeah. Off to a deserted island, we go. Yeah, she filters out a lot too, you know. And, you know, she's sparing us a lot of what she, she can and cannot report on, you know, until that's it's that's why she's looking so you know, you can tell it's wearing on her. And you know, she's been she took a vacation a few weeks ago. I can't imagine with that amount of bad news every day and trying to focus on one thing that you can do to help make a difference in the world, which is really what she's all about. I've been listening to Fox News on my Sirius XM radio recently and hearing the other side. And, you know, it's, it's, of course, just as always, it's just amazing to hear the spin on that side of every little thing that's happening in our world. And uh, it's, it's, it's horrifying having been a journalist in my, in my previous yes. life too. And, and watching how it's it spun. And, uh, you know, any, I think anybody that watches Fox and friends on a regular basis to kind of get their news, yeah. You know, they need to have their head examined. It's awful. And just, I, you know, my, my sister worked for Fox News years ago, a couple of decades ago, and she would work with Shepard Smith at the mm -hmm. time. And she'd be like, you wouldn't believe how much, how full of shit some of the stuff is that they're reporting on and what they're told they can and cannot report on and how they oh, yeah. absolutely have to spin it. And I was like, wow. So, yeah, she left because she couldn't take it because they were just FOS all the time. So, you know, that's, but that's Fox News for you. Well, we're the Fox and Friends. We're the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast and friends. Thank you, Dr. Laura Rush, for all you do. And uh, be safe, and uh, we'll see you soon. If you there's anything you want to leave us with, is there anything, any thought you'd like to leave us with? Just, you know, stop touching each other. Don't ruin this for me. I finally got back to Palm Springs. <laughs> so I want... I, I want to be able to stay in Palm Springs. I want these things to keep opening a little bit. So thank you. I'm tired of that. But everyone be safe and no licking each other. Wear a condom, wear a mask. Thanks, honey. See you next time. <laughs> you guys have a good weekend. Joining us now is Tim Vincent. He is the current president of the board of directors for Brothers of the Desert. It's a nonprofit organization led by black gay men living in the Coachella Valley with a purpose to empower their community and their allies. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Morning, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited. Oh. We've, we've, we've been able to open up a little bit, so I'm feeling so much more free, you know, just because I've been able to, like, you know, go to the gym, go to, you know, it's like, whoa, it's just a different, it's a different day. Let me just tell you. I love it that the gays, that's the first most exciting thing <laughs> exactly. to all of us, that we can get exactly. into the gym. I was jonesing. I was really like, oh, my God, I have to. I have to. We had Dr. Laura <laughs> Rush on before you, too, and that's all she was just oh, like. That's so funny because I just met her yesterday for the first time. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Incredible. She's pretty fat. Incredible. Oh, my God. I, I, I love her. Yeah, she's great. So well, I'm going to be the one to do it. I'm going to say your name, Brianna Taylor. Oh, please. God damn. It's oh. true, though. I mean, it's... It's Brianna Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's absolutely disheartening. It's, it's the more than disheartening. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And, and I can't even... I don't know. It's, I'm going to get emotional already at this early morning moment. But oh. it's an onslaught of, of 
dehumanization yeah. <laughs> is just unprecedented and it just keeps going on. And I, I'm having a hard time, I don't know about you all, but I'm having a hard time actually, you know, listening to it and hearing it. And it was on a little bit this morning and there was a person who was the, you know, the um, attorney general who's, you know, I'm like, oh my God, just what Was we he need. insane? Just what we need, somebody to tell us that it's really not that problem, not big of a problem. And so it's just, it's just been really hard. It's been really, really hard sure. for all of us. I know for you all, but all of us, I know. And, and I know that you know a little bit about what we do, but one of the reasons we even organized uh, in the first place was really to create a space that's uh, supportive and um, community building for black gay men who are either living here part-time or full-time. And I think you also know this too, but it seems to me as if that in the last, I would say, I don't know, years or so, the community seems to be getting to be more diverse, which I think is a great yeah. thing. That's a great yeah. thing. And I think that sometimes our, the image, especially of the LGBTQ community is not really reflective of what it is. You know, I think there are a lot of people of color. I think there are, you know, there are a lot more, I think there are women of color. I think that there's just a lot of people that aren't really seen so much. And so we really wanted to create a space for people to be safe, to be connected, to, be with all of you, our allies, and just support us in the in being vital members of the community. So that's really why we even started, and now it just even feels even more, I don't know, to me even more important because of everything that's happening. Not just allies, too. Really close friends that yeah. are, and I can name tons of people that are at board meetings. I see the Zoom picture, and I'm like, oh, there's Yvonne's. Oh, there's Clifton. I mean, these are really amazing human beings right and, right. and all these people are part of that and yeah and so it's it's it is important because i think allies are are like you said are more than our friends sometimes they're our partners they're people who are part of our family you know so it's so important for us that we've included that um as part of what we do and and just kind of going back to what you said too sometimes you know when you were in these meetings you do see that you know that one black or brown face and you're like oh <laughs> there's that one black or brown face but it's just so important that we've created a place where you know like at our meetings that it's it's a different dynamic you know you're seeing a lot of people that reflecting you in the meetings in the places that we go and and in our social events that we've been uh holding before the, the covid moment um that were important well and the only way to be seen is to get your ass up and be engaged in the community right so part exactly. of what this is is supporting each other in such a way so that you have a network from which to reach out. You're not just a person on your own right. being, I know I am the only lesbian at every event in this town. And I know that that's a difficult thing for me, but part of that is having what you created so that it's easier to go out there. Right, it is, it is. So we just, today actually we're, we're doing this uh, as well, but on Tuesday we did, uh, some voter registration stuff because it was National Voter Registration Day on Tuesday. So we were out yeah. at Walmart. But it's about kind of what, what reminded me of what you just said. It's about being out there. It's about people knowing that we care about the community, that we're out there, that we're supporting each other. And so you see, you know, a group of people that look like us who are out there who are saying, you know, it's important to vote. And, and we're going to be at, uh, at Jesse O of the James O. Jesse Center today is Desert Highlands from four to six doing that again because it's a food bank and we want to just, you know, be there and see if anybody's interested. And so it's it's just good. It's just good for us to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
showing. And we brought you on for a couple of things. It's Global Diversity Awareness Month. So I want you to speak, I mean, you know, those, tell us what that means to you and to your organization. And then uh, I know we want to talk about uh, the, the movie that, you, that you're bringing I, in uh, for us. Burden. You know, uh, so it's, it means a lot. I mean, global diversity is, is so important. I just feel like we're in this place. I mean, we, we started by uh, saying this at the beginning of this uh, talk that we're in this place where we really need to recognize the fact that we're living in a very diverse world that, and diversity means so many different things to me. It isn't just about like race and ethnicity. It's about right. sort of be about class, it could be about education, it could be about um, ability or disability. It's just, there's so many aspects of it that I think are important, language, you know, where you're from, that I just think it's so important for us to step back and realize like, okay, we're part of this greater world. And, and you know, I, I don't mean this to sound cliche, but you know, we are, because I hear this a, a lot and I believe it, you know, we're more alike than we are different. And so, I think it's important to recognize those differences because I'm not like maybe in many ways like the three of you, but there's many ways where we are very much alike. And so I think it's just important to 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 recognize that. And and kind of going into the movie, I think it was really important for us to again open this up to have a community screening of a film called Burden, which is a, a 22 minute short film, and it's about a black man. He's not a gay man, but it's a black man who uh, has you know is affluent, is educated, and it kind of it shows his day of going through the microaggressions that people go through about being a black man in the United States, despite, mm. despite you know, uh, socioeconomic status or despite him being a heterosexual man. So, and then we're gonna have a, a woman who I just met yesterday who's great. Her name's Marsha Bonner, who's uh, from New York, who's gonna do a facilitated dialogue with the community who's watching the film to talk a little bit about what does it mean to all of us to um to see this and what you know what do we do <laughs> did she have something to do with the film or is she a specialist in the topic or she's a specialist in uh you know what people call dei work you know diversity equity and inclusion work yeah. and she does this out of uh new york and out of harlem and they do uh they what's interesting about what they do is they do their work not through sort of intellectual means but really through like artistic means so they do it through like through like spoken word or music or film. And so they show the film and then that sparks the cool. conversation of the dialogue. So I think it's really cool. I'm happy that we found them and that they're willing to do this. And so it's on October 3rd, it's Saturday. Uh, you know, it's virtual like everything is. And it's from four to 5.30, you know, uh, and it's free. You go to Brothers of the Desert, where do we go? Go, go to Eventbrite, so brothersofthedesert2020.eventbrite.com. Dot com. So it's an event. Okay. Uh, and you can find you guys on, on Facebook too. Yeah. And gaydesertguide.com where we've placed it in our featured events. There's the easiest way from Brad Fur. That's Desert the Guide. easiest way. That's we've, a, yeah. we've had, we've, obviously we've had numerous friends and, and guests on the show and we've had this conversation again and again and we've found out from our close friends that we're allies with how exhausting it is to deal with those microaggressions. For for us white folk, how do we stop other people from being bigots? Is there, is there, can we can we talk people out of bigotry? How long, how long do we you have? You must have all the answers. You must uh, have them. Right, of course, that's your job. How long do we have, how long do we have? Um, well, the first thing, I mean, it, the first thing I would say is that, you know, 
being an ally is a you know is a verb you know it's, it's a thing it's not you're just you're not just yeah. I'm an ally it's, it's 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 an action it's like you have to act. i think there are ways in which you know and i don't know you all personally but there's ways in which you all can speak up in ways that we can you know you can say something and your your voice will get heard in ways that our voices may not get heard and i think it's important to say it and i also think i mean i'm just i'm talking about you know uh our group but i also think about that when i think about you know what happens to women what happens to trans communities i feel like we have to be the people who say you know what that's not okay or that that feels bad because i think sometimes it's on the person who's experiencing that microaggression to kind of like okay do i have the responsibility right. now to tell you that by you saying oh i didn't i didn't know people had hair that could look like that you know i don't like i don't want to have to be the person to have to do that sometimes, you know, and I don't want to have to be the person who has to, you know, educate somebody about the diversity of a black community. So, you know, it's 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 just important that I think that you all speak, we all speak up in in, in places when it's safe to do that. I think it's it's important. It's hard to be optimistic about this sort of stuff, but I feel like there's a tiny, tiny slice with all the horrible smackdown that keeps happening that the result of it is that communities outside of the black community are friggin' waking up a tiny bit and that importance right. of other people being part of the fight, part right. of that message seems like it's getting heard? I think so, actually. I think one really good example of that is like the whole Black Trans Lives Matter movement. I think that that was amazing. Yeah. You saw the people who were going out there. It was really mostly not trans people. It was mostly not black people. It was like people who thought, okay, it's crazy. And so when you see that, that is hopeful for me too, Chan. I feel like, oh, that's good. People who are thinking it's it's all of our issue. It's not just, you know, my issue or your issue, but it's it's us as a group of people to, to yeah. you know, push those human rights forward. So yeah. Thank you so much, Tim. We're glad you came on. We'd love to have different people who are like lighting a spark with Brothers of the Desert come join us and tell us what's happening. And I I would love to sit in on the film this yeah, week. I'm so I'm just film. It's it's next this, week. Yeah, uh, next, next week. week yeah. Uh, October third. And then we do other things. So hopefully you'll have me on again. We're doing a wellness summit that we we did last year live, but we're going to do it again virtually. We have some really great speakers in November. So Good. when we get closer, it'd be great to, to talk to you again about that. I love that. Thank you very much. Thanks, you Tim. Thanks, Tim. Okay. Don't try this at home, kids. No. Alexander Rodriguez, who you can find <laughs> on the rocks uh, on Facebook Lives, and you're uh, working for Metro Source, doing the Metro Source minis. And God, you're, you're just all over the map, all over the web, and you're the busiest guy in lockdown I've ever known. I have to tell you, I have never been busier, so I'm so thankful because I know not everybody's in that position, but I need a little break because I'm a little burned out. So today, I'm heading to Palm Springs for my local staycation for three days. Yay! And I'm not bringing yeah. a sports coat. No tie, no sports coat, no pants. Well, oh. I mean shorts. <laughs> the world has changed. Have you ever driven here without those things before? Never in my life. My suitcase is like, what? <laughs> oh my Lord, it has changed you. Wow. Well, I want to get to the most important thing, although we want to hear all the other gossip. I mean, you yeah. really did have your eye on the Emmys, which was totally, wholly different and amazing. Mm -hmm. Give us some of the behind the scenes scoop. Well, you're right. This this year's Emmys was so different, and a lot of high points 
some low points, as there are with any award show, um, but it kind of really changed our mindset, and there's this weird dichotomy of what we're valuing. Of course, we are all saturating entertainment. We're watching every show on Netflix. We're listening to every musician. We're, we're just saturating content, but on the flip side, there's this dichotomy as to what has value in the U.S. right now and, you know, and what doesn't, and it was such a great mix this year. The Emmys incorporated essential workers into presenting the awards, and so we saw UPS drivers, we saw nurses, we saw teachers presenting the awards, which was so touching and so great to see such a dichotomy and diversity of the U.S., but it was also interesting because we showed that next to these highly paid celebrities in their expensive outfits, living in their expensive living rooms, you know, quarantining in these huge mansions or whatever. And it was such a weird juxtaposition of that. Yes, it was good, but then it was also like, where's all of our money going? You know, people really are in a tight spot right now. And so to get dressed up, to sit in your living room and accept a gold statue, But, like I said, entertainment was so good. And this year we saw so much diversity. We saw, uh, you know, we saw a lot of, uh, from the LGBTQ community represented. Of course, BLM was a huge theme this year. And Mm -hmm. so what that did to the categories, we saw uh, longtime veterans like Lou Gossett Jr., Alan Arkin, Michael Douglas, and Kate Blanchett, alongside up-and-comers and and brand-new to the scene, newcomers. And, of course, we know uh, Emmy history was made. Uh, Zendaya won uh, for the youngest actress in a dramatic role against Jennifer Aniston and Laura Linney, by the way. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to be honest. I love diversity. I love seeing young people competing with with the big names. But Laura Linney and Ozarks, I mean, come on. I needed therapy after that that performance. (laughs) And where's Reese Witherspoon? Hmm. True. She was in uh, yeah. uh, Big Little, little Lies or Big Little Fires. There's all these big little things happening, like my big little waist right now during quarantine. Anyway, but that's another story. <laughs> but Reese Witherspoon, uh, and here's here's what the experts have said, is that she kind of got herself voted out of the categories because she was in so many great projects. You know, the project she did uh, with Kerry Washington, of course, she was uh, yeah. in the show with uh, Laura Dern uh, and Nicole yeah. Kidman. Um, and then she was in Morning Show. She was too good. Can you be too good? But she can't oh her, herself out. Crazy. Weird. Um, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know what you guys think of how Jimmy Kimmel did. To be in, and you guys know, you guys have all hosted events of all different types and now being stuck in your house on your computer. It's oh. so different not having that tangible audience. I mm-hmm. thought Jimmy Kimmel did a pretty damn good job, all things considering. <clears throat> Is he my favorite host? No, but I think he was the uh, low-key kind of every man that we needed this year, just to kind of, it was low-key, it was casual, it was kind of a breath of fresh air, and I thought he did a good job. The viewership was way down this year. Uh, I think it was 6 million as opposed to 11.9 the year before. It's been slowly going down, and I think it has to do with the fact, you know, all of us grew up in an era where we had three networks, and, and we had this cultural uh, experience together. We knew what the show was everybody watched last night when we went to elementary school and then everybody was talking about it. Now everybody's just like watching 2,000 different things. I don't think we have a shared cultural experience anymore. Well, and that's such a, a great point. And it also goes as to what we're focusing on. 
you know, an award ceremony with all of this, like I said before, but you really nailed it on the head. And in terms of viewership being down, that affects the sponsors. Their main sponsor was Kia. And we know Kia is a great car, <laughs> but it's, it's an affordable car. Years before right. it was Lexus and Cadillac yeah. and you had all this stuff. And now it's like, beep, beep, I got a Kia with your gold statue. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all of our pomp and circumstance and the pageantry of it all is absent and it is only the people who want to see what that celebrity has in the living room behind them like the allure yeah. is there in its own way i think also the new qualifications for academy award stuff what was it they said uh was the it diversity. yeah the diversity stuff like mm -hmm. i'm not even sure if that's good or bad i honestly don't have a read on it do you i mean I'm going to give my honest opinion, and you know, we all are in entertainment, you know, diversity is really important. We're part of the LGBT community, but I want to make sure that we're giving awards and nominations for great quality talent, because that's what we should be honoring. And I, I wanted to, you know, BLM was a huge focus, and w which is great, but I don't know if you guys remember years ago, the focus was on Asians. I think when Crazy Rich Asians came out yeah. and we saw a lot of uh, from the Asian community being uh, being presented and filmmakers being celebrated and everybody was saying, this is going to have a ripple through Hollywood and we're going to see more Asian diversity. It was the popular thing for Hollywood for that year and then it's yeah. out. So is BLM just the popular thing for this year? I mean, you know, the, the gays had their year a couple of years ago where everything was gay. And, you know, where's Except the Latino? for the actors who played the gay roles that won. Those were not gay. Right? Well, that's, that's very true. But the stories were still being told, yes. which is this give and take with Hollywood. Yeah. Put an A-lister, have your movie be seen across the nation, or go with an actual gay actor with an independent budget that's seen on, on demand, you know? Well, with the Trump level of focus that is sort of among our populace, sometimes a movie is the only, with a celebrity you want to see is the only way to teach a lesson. That's exactly right. And John, yeah. you know how you said that the, the Emmy viewership was down? It took a lot of people by surprise. And I'm going to be honest, when I found out the Emmys were the next day, I was like, what? Here's, here's a few reasons why. They had the creative Emmys and then they had the creative creative Emmys that were all digital. <laughs> We, yeah. That's right. We saw digital Emmy, just like we see with the digital drag shows going on. There's so much digital fill in the blank that it becomes a big kind of glump. And then we're missing, uh, we're, we're missing good stuff. And to pinpoint that Netflix was nominated for 160 nominations. We're all watching Netflix. They won two out yeah, of 160 that's... nominations, wow. which goes to show you putting out a lot of content is not always the best way to go. Two yeah. nominations out of 160. That's, that's like my awesome. speed dating on Gay Desert Guide. At 160 guys I talked to, only two want me. <laughs> okay, first of all, there were only like 15 people there. So the fact that two of them wanted you should be exciting, not depressing. Amazing, but everybody <laughs> about the same thing. Two is more than most people. No, no, no. I got like five matches. I had so much fun. And Good. I've been communicating and we're going to have drinks and all that once COVID is over. If they I kind of want to stalk people after they've made a match and find out how it goes, but we're not supposed oh, to. Yeah, yeah no, but it, it, it was great, but, you know. Okay. <laughs> so my Thanks, friend, uh, my friend Thanks for Bo, playing along. My friend Bo Weaver announced the, uh, the Emmys uh, from his uh, cabin in Ojai. Crazy. Yeah, so wow. there, there you go. We need some John Taylor uh, uh, doing this, some of those announcements. Like, I want to hear a John Taylor voice and then throw in, like, one of your signature sassy one-liners. Like, 
presenting and what is she wearing? <laughs> Alexander Rodriguez. This is Alexander's <laughs> first time at the Emmys and his first time ever being on TV without wearing a blazer. <laughs> See, that's what we need. And I also think that that's the energy that we're missing. You know, we miss the Joan Rivers. We miss the fun yeah. commentary. Those stilted jokes just showed up so poorly because there wasn't the audience polite laughter so going did, on. So now we're that, we're, there is an, uh, an opportunity for a snarky level of it because there's a lot of people who now do a show watching the show and yeah. reacting, right? The reaction shows like, were you yeah. doing some, that seems perfect for you. Were you doing one of those? No, I, I wasn't. Um, I like to, I'm, I'm a little open with my opinions as, as all I three know. of you know. So yeah. that's not the wisest for career because you know something yeah. you say today will affect yeah. you 10 years later. I have one other point to bring up. Olivia Ooh. de Havilland was not included in memoriam. And yeah. people are saying, well, she wasn't on TV. Excuse yeah. me, boys and girls and in-betweeners. She was nominated for an Emmy Award in 1987 for a miniseries that she did. I think if you're an Emmy nominee, you should be included in the Emmy in memoriam, right? Yeah. I think yeah. if you're 104 years old. Yeah. And you still fight with your sister till the dying day. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Alexander. Thank you so much for being the spark of energy in our show today. Okay, and you uh, keep your eyes open for On the Rocks and Metro Source and all the other amazing things that you do. We love you. Well, and yeah, I so love Alexander, being on the show so much. Alexander, tell us, um, are you still, you're still doing your show every week, and I believe it's on Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday? Um, we're live on Tuesday, but you can listen to yeah. it uh, anytime. We have over anytime. 225 episodes on the rocksradioshow.com. Doing the show uh, via Zoom has given me the opportunity to interview celebrities that are not here in LA. So we've right. had some really great celebrities like Wendy Malick, uh, Delon Burnside from Pose, a lot of the RuPaul girls. Uh, we've really had like a widespread, Mary Chifo from Star Trek Discovery, by the way, all you nerds. Um, oh my gosh. But Do we link really... to you on Gay Desert Guide? We ought to have somewhere where people can link to you through Gay Desert Guide. Well, we'll oh. work on that. I'm going to get that done as, as part of our podcast today. And Alexander, let's uh, see if we can socially distance and say hi this weekend yes i will be there uh, I'm, I'm very excited i'm gonna have my socially uh, protected cocktail at all times <laughs> all right well we'll contact me we'll get in touch and maybe we can say hi this weekend i'll buy you a i'll buy you a cocktail sounds good i heard the gyms are reopened now so i'm just kidding i'm not gonna go <laughs> me, me, me neither me neither like, do they let you drink in the gym it's palm springs yeah <laughs> yes. that's true Whatever's in your water bottle. <laughs> Who's to know? <laughs> right. Alexander, we so love much. having you on. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye, sweetie. Now, this being Thursday and this being the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, that means that if you are signed up for your Oasis Insiders newsletter, you get uh, a little something in your inbox from Brad Fur. What would be in that little package? Well, I'm previewing today. Um, Chan is going to be hosting our lesbian virtual speed dating this okay. Saturday, 4 p.m. Chan, we've got a, a pretty good crew so far. We've got a, a number of women so far, but I think we've got room for a few more, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking forward to it. We've got enough for a good time where everybody will get at least eight dates, but we're open. Come on, gals. Be brave. Extend yourself from your couch. There you go. And and I actually missed the uh, dating uh, 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 party where 
uh, Alexander was on. So I didn't realize he had been a participant in our Kevin, he wants to come back again. So he's ready to go. And we've got like, obviously, he's not a bear hunter. Right? Well, and he wasn't. Maybe. Uh, we don't know. No, no I I'm he said he wasn't interested in the bear thing. And he wasn't interested yeah. in the daddy thing. So as soon as we've got one, you know, that suits him. He's in. Well, good. Uh, speaking of the bears, we are working with IBC, which is the International Bear Convergence, and Nino Eilitz from the Standard PS uh, for our big gay bear hunt virtual speed dating. And that's coming up Saturday, October the 10th. We've got other fun and games events that we're planning throughout the month of October. And we are going to be uh, ending September with the LGBTQ tour of London's National Portrait Gallery. That's this Saturday at 11 a.m. It's a 75-minute Zoom tour, and it is fascinating. Uh, it talks about uh, the fact that we had, you know, uh, trans celebs. We had bisexual sex addicts who were uh, 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 artists and illustrators. So you'll learn all about those little uh, tidbits when you participate. And I think those are $10, if I'm not mistaken. They are, and you get oh. the dirt behind the canvas. <laughs> I love Ooh, it. There we go. There we go. Lucy and Gail are doing a free concert on Sunday, um, and that is part of the Palm Springs Women's Jazz Festival, which had to go virtual or into the studio this year. Cynthia Lee is going to be performing Sunday at 3 p.m., and you can get all the details at gaydesertguide.com. Um, you know, we've had uh, fires, we've had floods, we've had, uh, I think the cicadas were out this year. Uh, and, and, and so earthquakes, of course, uh, there was a, a one last week while I was away in Los Angeles. And the Red Cross wants to remind us that this Friday, um, tomorrow, September 25th, if you're listening to this on Thursday when we broadcast it, it's earthquake safety, earthquake preparedness from the Red Cross. And you can sign up for that free event or you can visit the Red Cross's website. I don't know about you, but I actually have a large tub out in my carport with everything I need. I've got a tent, I've got water, you know, I've got a lot of things uh, put away just in case. And one thing you should always have, believe it or not, is a lot of $1 bills, uh, small change because the ATMs won't be working, you know, it's gonna be a cash society. So when we have a big earthquake, it's something for, for us really to think about and to make sure that we've taken care of. Well, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to Brad Furr's carport. I know. We're going to have a party. No, 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 no. The money's not in the carport. I keep that inside. <laughs> in a couple of weeks, I've been working on the HIV and aging conference, um, and that's coming up. There's a statewide conference that's happening. And then we're also doing a local event here in Palm Springs, um, and that is coming up in October. So I just want everyone to be aware of that. We're going to have Jeff Taylor. Uh, from Let's Kick Ass Palm Springs. Jeff Taylor will be joining us in a couple of weeks. Aging Positively is our event. I'll be hosting that virtually on October the 17th. Tickets and information available at uh, gaydesertguide.com. And Javier Munez uh, from uh, the Broadway musical Hamilton will be our guest speaker. We're hoping to have him on live and I think he may even do a, a quick performance that day as well. So uh, great. a great event, and we're really looking forward to that. So um, lots of things happening around LGBT or gay Palm Springs, as we like to say it. 
and all the virtual events at the center covered on the Gay Desert Guide website. Plus, we'll have some new hot deals, including hot deals from Destination PSP is one of our newest ones. So we'll be offering gift certificates from Destination PSP. Go down and get some gifts for uh, me for my belated birthday or for uh, anyone else that you would like to uh, celebrate with this year. Also, I want to say that we have a game night that is a celebrity game night. We are playing with six comedians. It is on Tuesday, October 6th at 7 p.m. You can get your tickets at Gay Desert Guide. And these six comedians are banding together. You can buy tickets to be in the studio audience and watch the comedians play this. Um, they are uh, raising money for a club in the East Bay called 1220. We all used to perform there in the 90s. It's a gay bar that's been open for 42 years. Wow. And recently, two of the performers who've been performing there for 20 years bought it. And that was January or February, and they're almost bankrupt. So a bunch of us old school comedians are pulling out our funny bones and playing a game with Gay Desert Guide to raise a little bit of money to help 12 Tommy. So turn in, tune in on the 6th uh, at 7 p.m. We are, you know, in the process of preparing for the Light Up the Night event coming up in about a month as we celebrate a virtual version of Palm Springs Pride. The car caravan is happening and so much more. We cover it all at gaydesertguide.com. Our website keeps you up with the latest news every day, including all the new nonstop air service happening around uh, the country, Alaska Air, Southwest, this little boutique uh, airline coming into town, and so much more. Find it all at gaydesertguide.com and uh, sign up for our newsletter so you get the information first. All right. And thank you, Brad, for all you do for the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Thanks for liking us on Facebook, Shankar. Uh, I know you've got a lot of editing to do after our little water ballet fun. We're making our first TikTok video. So, Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Are you going to premiere uh, it here? Where are you going to premiere it? Uh, on TikTok, probably. But um, you can certainly link to it as I have offered you with any of the doofy videos that I make. You're always welcome to feature them on Gay Desert Guide. Um, yeah. they, uh, uh, we took some double barrel super soaker water guns and strapped dye flashlights to them and did a little bit of a crazy Bellagio number. It was hard because we all had to have our masks on and once your mask is wet, you're breathing in salt water. It's terrifying. It was hysterical. Waterboarded, basically. What? It's being waterboarded is what is it is. It is such a scary feeling to take a breath in and have your whole mask full of water oh suctioned down your throat. But you know, we try to be careful and and uh someday when I can really put 20 people close together, it'll look even more amazing. But for most of us. We did a little bit yesterday in the light of day and, and some on Sunday. There were 12 people in the enormous um, Hotel Zoso pool. So we were able to keep distance and be mindful. But it was, I, I got a lot of notes the next morning saying it was the most stupid, fun, joyful moment that most of those people have had, including me, for many, many months. Yeah, I can't really wait to see the outtakes. And we got to thank Hotel Zoso for allowing their pool to be used in this distanced fashion. They were super. They let us go for a tech check beforehand and took care of everything that we needed to, you know, there's a few people living on site there. Um, and so the few maintenance people and stuff were great help. We had a great time. The pool was perfect. 
and uh, I can't wait. It'll, I don't know how long it'll take to make the little video, but I'll I'll make sure you see it when it's done. Can't wait. Thanks, Check it all out at gaydesertguide.com. Sign up for the Oasis Insiders newsletter. Brad Fur, you got some writing to do. Thank you. I do. I've got it all set to go and we'll release it later on today along with today's podcast. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.